Okay, 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 okay. So many ideas in our house, so let's turn the sound up. You know why? I think it's time for a Marketing Ideas Roundup. Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. It's the business podcast you can actually apply. It's the business podcast for Encanto fans. Today, we're crowdsourcing some wisdom from Side Hustle Show listeners. I asked, what's a marketing tactic that's working well for you this year? And I got back a ton of great responses. First up is Jeremy Poland from DIY seo.link. Hello, Nick and Side Hustle Show listeners. This is Jeremy Poland, Houston, Texas with DIYSEO.link. I'd like to share a recent marketing tactic that I have discovered and greatly enjoyed benefiting from. I've used Matchmaker FM to connect with shows uh, as a guest. I've really enjoyed being able to research show opportunities. Podmatch even has an algorithmic matching or matchmaking setup. With Matchmaker, uh, I search for shows and send outreach messages, and I'm getting a response rate of probably probably two out of five um, respond and are interested. It's really empowered me to kickstart podcast guesting, so I highly recommend this technique and tactic, and I feel like it's a great way to get off the ground with connecting and networking. Thanks so much. Podcast guesting, definitely a fast track way to build a client roster for any type of freelance or agency business. Now, why is that? Well, it's because you get to spend 30 to 60 minutes being the pre-vetted on-air expert. So when any of the listeners of that show that you're guesting on have questions or they have work related to that topic, you're already on the shortlist. So I will make sure to link up both the resources Jeremy mentioned in the show notes for this episode. That was matchmaker.fm and podmatch.com. The easiest way uh, to get to those show notes, just click the link in the episode description of your podcast app. Tip number two came in from Nicole. Hey, Nicole here from the Matt Washington Group, and I'm really excited to share my latest marketing discovery with you and your audience. This tip will work for any industry as long as you have a Google Business Profile, also known as Google My Business, the tool which allows you to manage your Google Business listing. This is the listing that appears on the right side of Google search results as well as Google Maps. So my tip focuses on something you won't see or hear much of online the importance of posting updates on the What's New section of your Google Business Profile. Now, while it's recommended, did you know that posting updates frequently and consistently to your profile can have a major impact on your traffic and on the number of leads you get? Now, how did I find this out? Well, about six months ago, I was speaking to a marketing colleague, and she mentioned that her clients have gotten great results by posting daily to their Google profiles. She said that it really impacted their prominence in Google and resulted in more traffic and phone calls to their business. I decided to run my own experiment on the 24 Google profiles that I managed. Using tracking URLs on each profile, I was able to see that month over month, my traffic has been steadily increasing to the point where today it is the channel that delivers the most traffic to the site. Who could guess? And I don't even post daily. I post updates three to six times a week, depending on the profile. I use software to schedule the posts so I don't have to deal with them on a daily basis. I simply batch the process by setting aside one morning a week to create the images and text, and then I load them up into the software. I happen to use SocialChamp. Then I set it and forget it. My little secret to the whole process is sometimes I'm not even in the mood to write any text. I just post pictures. That's it. So my biggest win so far this year has been posting frequent updates on Google business profiles and pulling in quality traffic and leads, better than organic traffic and better than paid traffic. Wishing you all a great day and much luck in your marketing endeavors. 
Very cool tip and makes a ton of sense that Google would reward engaging with the tools that they provide. I know a lot of us probably set up that Google My Business profile as one of those check boxes on the list when we were first setting up our business and then have ignored it ever since. So stop doing that. Take Nicole's advice, feed some content into that algorithm, feed that profile with some updates, just like you would do for your other social media. So thanks, Nicole, for that. Tip number three came in from Seth. Hi, this is Seth Kimball from Iron Gate Business Partners. My URL is irongatebp.com. My marketing tip is not to necessarily use advertising dollars starting out. What I mean by that is I run a bookkeeping freelance business that I've taken full-time recently. I started it about five years ago. I utilized a network like Fiverr.com or Upwork and got all of my clients that way. What these networks would do is take a commission of the revenue that you earn. So in effect, your advertising dollars come in the form of uh, revenue that is pulled away towards the freelancing network instead of being used for something like Facebook. Now, this isn't ideal for people who are working full-time and or have been in business for quite some time because you do tend to lose a lot of revenue that way. One of my main freelancing networks that I use is called Paro, P-A-R-O, which is a, an accounting and finance specific freelance network. And they take a pretty significant chunk of the revenue that I earn. But in exchange for that, they also provide really high quality clients to the extent that I more or less have a full workload, a 40-hour work week worth of work that has been sourced almost exclusively from Fiverr.com and from Pero. So my tip is to think outside the box and think about ways that you can utilize freelancing networks to be your advertising arm until you can get off the ground and start spending actual marketing and advertising dollars on your own. Thank you. Thanks for that, Seth. And congrats on taking the leap and going full-time into your business. I agree. I think that's a good way to look at these platforms. Yes, they take a percentage of your sales, but they've done the work to build an audience of buyers for you. It would take a lot of effort to go out and do that on your own. And they handle a lot of the overhead and administrative stuff that you'd have to build systems for on your own. So I like this call, not just to take advantage of niche specific marketplaces, but to look at them strategically as a marketing expense. Maybe it makes that fee a little bit easier to swallow. And the good news is there's a niche marketplace for just about everything these days, just like Vanessa has found. Hey, this is Vanessa from Lisha Nutrition and Wellness Coaching and VanessaLabranch.com. So one tip I want to mention when it comes to marketing is to be open to possibilities. So some ideas that were surprising to me is all the digital platforms out there that you can currently use as a marketing tool. In my instance, I am branching out with platforms that can help me to get my name out there and my new business. My background for many years has been as a chef educator teaching healthy cooking. One of the digital platforms that I've been on for the past year is called CozyMeal.com, which allows me to teach cooking classes from my home. Some of my classes are on the healthier side, which is an added bonus of meeting customers who prefer healthier cuisine and for me to mention my nutrition coaching business. Now, the cool thing is when people who take my class, most of them leave me positive reviews on my profile. Now, those five-star ratings that I get are very helpful 
and me generate new customers who book more experiences for me, which means more business. Now, although this particular platform does not allow me to add my website address, I have had other companies reach out to me for special events over the last couple of months because of my presence on this platform. My latest venture is with another company I am partnering with now is called burnalong.com. And it's a digital health and well-being programming that engages everybody. I'll be active on this platform as a nutritional instructor, which will be awesome. And it's going to be a great way for me to promote myself and my new coaching business. Both platforms that I mentioned, they do take a percentage of sales, but I still think it's a great way of getting noticed, getting possible traffic and receiving internet credibility. I think the options are limitless. There's a niche marketplace, like I said, for just about anything. One way to find these is to Google your industry plus marketplace or approach it from the hiring side as if you were looking as a customer for whatever it is that you do. See what sites pop up and then look for the, you know, join as a service provider or become a partner, you know, menu option. Maybe it's down in the footer of that site. And most of the time, it's a pretty straightforward process to create your own profile, create your own listing to give yourself a chance of picking up some new customers. A lot of these are venture backed companies. They're spending money to acquire customers that, you know, you don't really have to pay for upfront. You pay for it instead, like Vanessa mentioned, as a percentage of the sales, very much performance based marketing. Now, how can you stand out among the competition? If you are going on these marketplaces, what can you do to stand out? My brother, Chris has an idea. My name's Chris. I've got a tip for anyone trying to grow a recurring service business, the kind of business where your clients buy from you again and again. I have a local tutoring business called South Cove Tutoring, southcovetutoring.com. I started it as a side hustle, but my goal was to have it replace my job. The problem was that I didn't have a foothold in the community. Nobody knew who I was. I could get people's attention with campaign style signs in the neighborhood, but there was still the challenge of trust. How could I get people to believe that I would be a good tutor for their kids? I knew from experience that if I got my foot in the door, the students would love working with me. But my services are not cheap, so families are understandably hesitant to jump in. The company I worked for in Seattle offers free consultations, which is helpful, but I didn't think that would be enough. My solution? Give away a free trial session in addition to a free consultation. So a family could sit down and talk with me about their needs, and then their kid could have a tutoring session and see how they liked it, all with no cost and no obligation to continue. And it worked wonders. In one year, my business grew from a few hundred dollars a month to almost $10,000 a month. And along the way, I was able to quit my job. This model could work for any recurring client service like house cleaning, dog walking, or nannying. Offering a free trial of your product communicates that you're so confident they'll like it that you're not worried at all about wasting your time. It says, I'm so good, I know you'll want more. Now, maybe I just have fond memories of scoring a bunch of free samples at Costco, but I like this try it before you buy it strategy. It works for Costco, it works for car dealerships, maybe it can work for you as well. So thank you, Chris, for sharing that one. Now, let's say you use Chris's strategy to land a new client. You've just gone from pre-revenue to revenue. And that is a magical time in the life of a side hustle, in the life of a startup. It's an empowering time. And it's also possibly a confusing time. But 
It doesn't have to be. This is when you fire up your 30-day free trial of our sponsor, FreshBooks, at freshbooks.com slash side hustle, and you send a professional-looking branded invoice with just a few clicks. In fact, FreshBooks is unique among tech companies in that they actually don't want you to spend a ton of time using their product. Their, their goal is the opposite, to save you time on your bookkeeping and accounting tasks. And it's working. Consistent FreshBooks users report saving up to 11 hours a week, which means a lot more time to move your business forward, to go get more customers, to perfect your processes, and to do the stuff that really matters. From building, sending, and following up on invoices, to processing online payments, to automatically tracking your receipt data for easier expenses, FreshBooks automates and simplifies all the tough and annoying parts of running your own business. It's also super easy to get up and running in the award-winning FreshBooks Rockstar support team is always available to answer your questions. Seriously, you can give them a call. You can see for yourself. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days. There's no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. So you've got a new customer, but what happens next? Like Chris said, you want to keep them coming back. Here's Lynette to explain. Hey, I'm Lynette with FreedomFinderVacationRentals.com. I have two vacation rental cabins. They're both listed on Airbnb and Verbo. The marketing strategy that I'm using is not to get new business, but to get repeat business. When my guests book through Airbnb and Verbo, I make sure when they do come to my cabins that they know my brand. I don't want them to think of me as just another Airbnb or Verbo. Each guest receives a handwritten note when they get there, welcoming them to either Freedom Finder Cabin or Memory Maker Cabin. Each of the cabins um, has uh, their brand featured in several places. I have a welcome basket that has branded koozies for them to take home. It has my contact information on it. I've got business cards with my contact information for the next time they want to stay. And then along with those, um, I've got robes that are monogrammed with the cabin name on it. Cornhole boards um, that have the name of the cabin, a garden flag that has the name of the cabin and the year it was established. I share my social media with them. So um, when they follow and they see things that are posted on my social media, it just puts my name out there in front of them again several times a week. And so while this marketing strategy isn't focused on new business, I do get a lot of repeat business from this strategy and a lot of referrals from doing this as well. 
I think these are great suggestions to create multiple touch points and really make it a memorable experience for your customers, for your guests. I think about it similarly in having social media accounts and the podcast and the email list and the Facebook group. Lots of different ways to stay top of mind. Now, on the topic of social, our next tip from Marie is on how to expand your reach by tapping into your existing audience of followers of fans. Hey, Nick, it's Marie here from the Generation X Humor blog, Nevermind.media. The blog's my fairly new side hustle. One marketing tactic that's worked really well for me recently is a 10-day Facebook giveaway. Each day for 10 days, I ran a contest in our private Facebook group. We had a caption competition, a song name quiz, best joke contest, a best quote contest, a write a headline for my new blog post contest, and a lot more. And peppers in between the fun, creative stuff were tasks members had to complete to enter, such as liking the Facebook page, joining the emailing list, sharing a post from the blog, and inviting their Facebook friends to join the group. I was surprised at how many members were happy to complete all the tasks, and the winner from each day's contest won a t-shirt from the Nevermind gift shop, and the runner-up from each day won a branded sticker. The 10-day giveaway has been great for increasing engagement with the brand, as well as encouraging loads more interactions between members in the group. It was also great fun to run and a clear marketing win for a blog that's still in its early days. I'm definitely planning to do it again in a few months' time. Thanks. Bye. I like it. A cool way to build some buzz, build some engagement, and get your early followers excited. Nice work on that, Marie. One tool that a few guests have mentioned to run this type of contest is King Sumo. If you're thinking, well, that sounds cool, but I, you know, how do I logistically get this done? Kingsumo.com is one resource that some guests have mentioned to do that. I'll link it up for you in the show notes for this episode. This was an older example, but I remember Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast in our interview talking about doing a similar giveaway in the early days of his show, really trying to rally the early adopter listeners to help spread the word. This is something that I admittedly probably could have done a better job of in like the 2013, 2014 years of the side hustle show. My fears were probably around the software expense and just the mental hurdle of what to give away that would be compelling to the right people, but not to everyone. Does that make sense? Like if you give away a, an iPad or a MacBook, yeah, you know, a lot of people might be interested but they might not be your people. I remember Derek Murphy as an author example gave away um, a bundle of books from best-selling authors in the same genre as him. So he was able to build this list of readers that he knew would be into his next title, which I thought that was a pretty smart marketing uh, alignment. Tip number eight comes in from Boris. Hi, Nick. Uh, this is Boris from bikedriven.com cycling products review website. I started working on bikedriven.com as a small side project about two years ago. Cycling is actually a mini passion of mine and I just love researching about different products, comparing them, testing and writing in-depth product reviews. This is why working on the website never actually felt like work. And fun fact, I just celebrating publishing my 50th article, all of which were written by me and I'm finally starting to see some SEO success. Most of my traffic is coming from Google and I would love to share a few SEO tips that worked for me and I hope will be useful for the side hustle community. So in my case, the combination of low competition keywords, stellar content and appealing design were the three key drivers of success. 
Let me elaborate in more detail on these three pillars. Unfortunately, my first articles were big fails since I didn't know anything about keyword difficulty score and mostly was writing about things I found interesting. Big mistake. Basically, these articles never ranked and I wasted hours on creating content that no one ever saw. This is why I turned to Ahrefs for sourcing low competition keyword ideas and focus just on those. For me, the low competition keywords are those below 20 keyword difficulty score, according to Ahrefs. In addition, I noticed that the more value I was adding through my reviews and articles, the better they ranked. This is why today I'm trying to buy almost every single product I review and some of my pillar content articles take about 40 hours to write and publish. I do believe that this makes a big difference and I was able to outrank websites with the higher domain authority for the same focus keywords. Last but not least, I believe that in my case, content design and visual aid really help with the overall SEO success. I try to add visuals where possible and spend a lot of time on photo shooting and Photoshop to create visually appealing images and pictures. It seems to work really well and I even started getting traffic from Google Images. So here you have it, three SEO tips that really helped me get more traffic. Low competition keywords, quality content, great design and visuals. I hope the community will find my SEO tips useful. Nick, thank you very much for your podcast. I find it very inspirational and educational. Take care. Thanks for sharing, Boris, some concrete examples of what you can do to improve your on-page SEO. And that's awesome that you're able to punch above your weight class, so to speak, by creating truly the best resource on your keyword, which over the long run, that's what Google wants to serve up. Now, tip number nine next is for everybody who's doing what Boris recommends, but just isn't seeing results yet. Hi, it's Astrid here from SeekScandinavia.com. This is a relatively new site of mine, and earlier in the year, I was one of the many sites caught up in the indexing problems that seemed to be plaguing Google. While there are a lot of ideas thrown around online on how to fix this, it really amazed me how the good old theory of just publish more content actually came through once again. While it was pretty demotivating seeing your site not rank, really making it feel like it wasn't worth all those hours spent on pumping out new content that I definitely thought was good enough quality, one day it all seemed to suddenly turn around, and I literally did nothing new except continue to publish and wait for the correction to kick in. I've seen a bunch of people in Facebook groups and other forums comment that they did the same, and I felt it was a really great endorsement of the fact that while we may see new tips and tricks all the time in this industry, the old saying of just keep publishing seemed to do the trick once again. Those tried and true strategies do continue to work, as I saw once again earlier this year, and which continues to pay off as my traffic really starts to kick in more recently. Thanks for sharing that, Astrid, and happy to hear things are moving for you. It's almost like you need to create a baseline body of work before Google really starts to recognize your site as a topical authority on your niche. And it's time-consuming, but once that flywheel starts spinning, everything gets easier. It's a business model with time leverage, meaning you can create something once and have it 
turn into a money-making asset for months or even years. Now, for more on SEO, I highly recommend my chat with Brandon Gailey in episode 506. We do just about an hour of Q&A on AI writing tools, on keyword research, on title tag, best practices, the easiest way to build backlinks, lots of good stuff. Again, check him out, episode 506. You can scroll down in your feed, add that one to the playlist. Tip number 10 came in from Andy. Hi, this is Andy from ppcpitbulls.com. Over the past few months, we've been having a lot of success transitioning companies over to uh, Google Ads Performance Max campaign type. It's kind of a new-ish campaign type, uh, but essentially what it is is where you used to have a search campaign, a shopping campaign, a YouTube campaign, uh, maybe a display campaign. This consolidates all of those together where you're now just putting all those assets together, your headlines, your descriptions, uh, video, images, and then Google's going out and kind of mixing and matching all those different what we call ad assets and placing them across all the different channels, whether it be on search or on YouTube uh, or on display ads. So it's a lot more automated, makes it a little bit easier to manage. Um, and it also consolidates all the data that comes back in. Um, so this is especially great for smaller companies if you have kind of limited budgets rather than split it up over five different campaigns and take that much longer to get through the learning phase. Um, you're able to kind of roll all of uh, your budget and essentially all the data together into this one campaign type. So as we've been transitioning companies over, we've seen often uh, up to a 2x uh, kind of increase in the amount that we're able to invest in ads while maintaining, you know, the, the acceptable performance level. So that's really great to see that we're you know scaling a lot further than uh, we had been under uh, older campaign structures. So I would definitely suggest uh, if you tried Google Ads in the past and either it wasn't working out for you or it was a little bit too complicated, too many moving parts to, to manage, uh, or if you've been running them for a long time, you just haven't gone in and updated your campaign structures, definitely would be a great time to, to jump back in and take a look at Performance Max. Uh, we've seen a lot of great results, and I think uh, you may as well. I'm going to have to take a look at this one for sure. I've actually been running a small-scale PPC campaign for the last year, year and a half, and surprisingly getting clicks under 10 cents, which was unheard of when I shut down my shoe business back in 2014. In fact, the unaffordable, unprofitable rather, uh, ad costs, that was really one of the biggest contributing factors to the slow demise of that site, of that business. So to be able to buy your way to the top of search results and do it profitably, that's exciting, especially if you can make it scale the way Andy's describing. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. Marketing tip number 11 came in from Jason. Hi, Nick. It's Jason Greenlees here from the regional web developer.com.au. Uh, We build stronger regional communities in Australia, provide uh, local quality vetted marketing networks. I've been on your side, Hustle Nation Group, for many years and listened to many of your podcasts, and I've been encouraged immensely by them. Uh, Recently, I have left a full-time nine-to-five government job to pursue a side hustle that I've had for many, many years. And uh, over the last five years, I've scaled back my full-time hours to pursue the regional web developer. What I've noticed over the last few years is that a marketing strategy needs to have a cause that people can get behind, something that inspires them to get on board with uh, your mission uh, to create a better world, better people. The psychology behind your purpose and the why uh, has the potential to grow community exponentially. Uh, My business, the Regional Web Developer, has a clear mission to improve regional business in Australia and using distributed specialist uh, teams uh, of digital professionals. I love the idea of people having a relationship with other people in their local communities especially if they can get the quality services that they need to succeed uh, rather than outsourcing uh, to larger businesses or work overseas. Pulls the cash from the communities and jobs um, as well. So I'm all about uh, building small regional communities. Something that I picked up uh, recently is an extension in Chrome uh, called Bardeen. This is a cool little tool that allows you to scrape all sorts of website content quickly, easily, and it's free as well. You can scrape some content over to uh, Google Sheets. Uh, One of the ways in which I've used it, which has made a difference, uh, saved me some time, is scraping uh, some content out of association-type websites that have contact details on them. I can then target um, some emails, inviting people to join my network, try not to be too spammy, of course, um, and as a one-off email just just to invite them along and let them know about about what I'm doing here. Anyway, keep up the great work at Side Hustle Nation. Uh, Thanks so much for the opportunity to put something out there and I wish you all the best. Congrats, Jason, on taking the leap. And I think this is a powerful positioning tip. What do you stand for in your business? What sets you apart? What do you believe that your competitors don't? For example, Ramit Sethi, um, he's got as his profile banner on his Twitter page, buy all the lattes you want. It's a direct shot across the bow at David Bach's book, The Latte Factor. Look, nobody ever got wealthy by making their coffee at home. So is there a common 
enemy, a common you know, myth or misconception you can pick a fight with. In the case of this show, it's the idea that building a business is the best way to attain more personal and financial freedom in your life. Build your own income streams. Here are the stories of now hundreds of people who've done it. Come along, join us on the other side. It's the cause of empowering financial independence through the lens of entrepreneurship. Now, once you've got your cause, you've got to tell people about it. Coach Dom Costa explains. Hello to Nick Loper and the Side Hustle Nation from Coach Dom Costa down here in the Port of Los Angeles town of San Pedro, California. I just want to let everyone know that with my side hustles of metal recycling and book reselling, a closed mouth will not eat. Once I let people know through all of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, my Google page, a business page, what I do and what I'm trying to get done, collecting books, collecting scrap metal, that's what opened the floodgates of getting these materials for free or barely any cost. Because right now I'm earning about two grand a month uh, with scrap metal and a thousand bucks a month in book sales. It's really true. Let people know what you do and the doors will open for you. Don't be shy about it. You're going to be helping people, and in so doing, you're going to end up helping yourself and your family. That's all I wanted to say as my tip. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and what a great show. Thank you, Nick Loper. Thanks, Coach. Always good to hear from you. We call this tapping into your network, and maybe more importantly, tapping into your network's network. You want to be top of mind whenever there's a conversation or a request for information. Hey, does anybody know a good plumber? I swear, I see this post multiple times a month in our local Nextdoor and Facebook groups. Become that recommendation by doing great work, by being public about what you do so other people can shout you out and can make an introduction. When I was painting, I think I closed 100% of the jobs that I had a warm introduction to versus maybe 20, 25% of the cold estimates. It's super powerful stuff. So thanks, Coach Dom. Tip number 13 came in from Stephanie from poppinsmoke.com. It's the site for members of the military community who want to take advantage of their benefits to travel. And we didn't get audio from Stephanie, but she wrote this in via email. She says, when sharing your content on Facebook, rather than using the default preview that pops up when you add a URL, create an image with the content title. Don't forget to add your logo and attach it to the Facebook post along with the link. It's more eye-catching, it's more shareable, plus it's great for branding. Stephanie says, this arose actually from an issue I was having with Facebook, which is my primary social media channel. Normally, my process was to write the Facebook post, add the link, wait for the preview to appear, then delete the link. The preview was effectively the hyperlink. And at some point, I read that this was the best practice, and it seems to be getting more reach on Facebook than just leaving the link in place. But Every once in a while, sometimes for a few days at a time, I couldn't get the previews to show when I needed to share links to my blog or some other website. It happened this spring when I really needed to share some content. So my workaround was the tip that I just shared, and it's far more effective. Again, that's creating a custom image for your uh, new post. My posts are getting more engagement, and my followers on Facebook have increased significantly. I don't do this for every post, she adds, because I want to mix up my content a little bit, but you can see some examples of this on the Poppin' Smoke Facebook page. I'll link that up for you in the show notes for this episode. Tip number 14 comes in from Pia. Hi, my name is Pia, and I help people write and self-publish their soul-aligned book or their dream book. You can find me at dreambookacademy.com or my name, piaedberg.com. 
A new marketing tip that has really helped me is a little bit outside of the box because I have found that 90% of marketing for a lot of us is really on the nervous system level and learning how to regulate that and shift our beliefs and safety on how we feel about ourselves, about our businesses, about our accomplishments, about what people think about us or don't think about us. So there's different strategies that work for different people and for some it's movement whether it's through yoga or some kind of dance or ecstatic dance maybe it's something more aggressive like running or hit for others it's something more slowing down it could be journaling it could be meditation it could be breath work basically the overall theme is about getting into the body and feeling safe in that and not letting the brain take over and run its crazy circular thoughts and start ruminating and preventing you from take, taking that successful leap so that's what I really stand for in my marketing and as well as you know writing a book is very challenging just like starting a business you have to overcome a lot of confidence issues at times or imposter syndrome or fears about getting started and Really, it's, you know, the first and most important thing is to make sure that you have that trust and belief and safety in yourself because it's something not everybody talks about. It's not always about the strategy and the steps and the linear action. It's mindset and emotion as well. It's very true. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be putting your best work out into the world. There have been some months and maybe even some years where I would justify skipping my workout because... I was just so busy with work, but I think that's a false productivity. If you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? That's a quote that stood out to me from, I think, the one thing. Because when you're eating well, when you're moving, you're doing the little things the ideal version of yourself would do on the health front, it cascades over to other areas of your life. So big thanks to Pia for sharing that. As promised, a couple tips that are working for me. Number one, or actually number 15 in this episode, is to look at your YouTube analytics for your most popular videos and then create another video on that topic. Maybe you approach it from a slightly different angle or you interview somebody about that topic or you share your own results, whatever it is. And bonus points, if you create a playlist with the video that's already popular as video number one and then the new video as video number two on that playlist, which my understanding is, and again, I'm a kind of a YouTube rookie, but my understanding is this helps the new video kind of draft off the popularity and off the traffic of the first video and helps Google understand that those two are related. Now, I did this for a recent video of mine, and it already has over 10,000 views, which is a lot for me. That's like my second most popular video in the last two years. So it's doing really well. It's already earned $500 in YouTube ad revenue. And maybe it's not earth shattering advice to you know find what's working and do more of that. But it certainly is rewarding to do it and to see some positive results right away. Now, number 16, the other tip, I admittedly don't have great results to share just yet, but I'm optimistic to try this out. I picked this one up from Jill Teets at PodFest. She runs a show called Sober Powered, and she shared one thing that's working really well for her is what she called her Instagram sneak attack. So what's typical in the podcasting space is to make a post uh, announcing your latest episode, either as a static image or maybe as an audiogram, you know, with the little moving waveforms, or maybe if it's like a video of somebody, you know, a snippet from the show or a snippet from the episode. But outside of that, you don't really share any of the meat of the episode. And not surprisingly, 
those posts don't do very well. They don't promote engagement or education on Instagram. So what Jill proposed instead was creating these carousel posts with five to seven of the big ideas or cool points from your episode, and then including the call to action on the last slide to go listen to the full episode for more. You can see some examples of these in action on her profile at sober.powered. But, you know, she indicated these get way more engagement, they get way more shares than a typical, uh, hey, go download my latest episode post. So that's one strategy I'm excited to play around with using Canva to create those slides and then even potentially repurposing the text on those slides into a Twitter thread, right? It's about giving people some content to consume on the platform they're already on, reduce that friction, uh, feed those algorithms, and then invite them into your world. Invite them to take the next step, listening to your full episode, visiting your website, joining your newsletter, buying your product, whatever that next step might be. But big thanks to all our listeners who shared a little nugget today. We can't do the show without you, and I always love hearing what's working out there. You'll find a summary with all of these tips and links to all the resources mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash podcast. Just scroll down until you find episode 528, or maybe even easier, just hit the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. Once again, head on over to freshbooks.com slash sidehustle to start your 30-day completely free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting software for freelancers and side hustlers everywhere. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where we're checking in with the six-figure houseplant blogger. I'll see you then.